O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, September 1st. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10:17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Nitzavim, and it means, You are standing. Deuteronomy 31, 1-10 Moses went and spoke these things to all Israel. He said to them, I am now 120 years old. I can no longer be active. Moreover, Hashem has said to me, You shall not go across yonder, Jordan. Hashem your God himself will cross over before you, and he himself will wipe out those nations from your path and you shall dispossess them. Joshua is the one who shall cross before you, as Hashem has spoken. Hashem will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, kings of the Amorites, and to their countries when he wiped them out. Hashem will deliver them up to you, and you shall deal with them in full accordance with the instruction that I have enjoined upon you. Be strong and resolute. Or do not be in fear or in dread of them, for Hashem your God himself marches with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and resolute, for it is you who shall go with this people 
into the land that Hashem swore to their fathers to give to them, and it is you who shall apportion it to them. And Hashem himself will go before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Fear not, and be not dismayed. Moses wrote down this teaching and gave it to Kohanim, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark, writ Hashem, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses instructed them as follows. Every seventh year, the year set for remission at the festival of Sukkot, When all Israel comes to appear before Hashem your God in the place that He will choose, you shall read this teaching aloud in the presence of all Israel. Job 40, 1-42-17 Hashem said in reply to Job, Shall one who should be disciplined complain against Shaddai? He who arraigns Hashem must respond. Job said in reply to Hashem, See, I am of small worth. What can I answer you? I clap my hand to my mouth. I have spoken once and will not reply, twice, and will do so no more. Then Hashem replied to Job out of the tempest and said, Gird your loins like a man. I will ask, and you will inform me. Would you impugn my justice? Would you condemn me, that you might be right? Have you an arm like Hashem's? Can you thunder with a voice like His? Deck yourself now with grandeur and eminence. Clothe yourself in glory and majesty. Scatter wide your raging anger. See every proud man and bring him low. See every proud man and humble him, and bring them down where they stand. Bury them all in the earth. Hide their faces in obscurity. Then even I would praise you for the triumph your right hand won you. Take now Behemoth, whom I made as I did you. He eats grass like the cattle. His strength is in his loins, his might in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stand up like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are like tubes of bronze, his limbs like iron rods. He is the first of Hashem's works. Only his Maker can draw the sword against him. The mountains yield him produce where all the beasts of the field play. He lies down beneath the lotuses in the cover of the swamp reeds. The lotuses embower him with shade. The willows of the brook surround him. He can restrain the river from its rushing. He is confident the stream will gush at his command. Can he be taken by his eyes? Can his nose be pierced by hooks? Can you draw out Leviathan by a fishhook? Can you press down his tongue by a rope? Can you put a ring through his nose or pierce his jaw with a barb? Will he plead with you at length? Will he speak soft words to you? Will he make an agreement with you to be taken as your lifelong slave? Will you play with him like a bird and tie him down for your girls? Shall traitors traffic him? Will he be divided up among merchants? Can you fill his skin with darts or his head with fish spears? 
Lay a hand on him and you will never think of battle again. See, any hope of capturing him must be disappointed. One is prostrated by the very sight of him. There is no one so fierce as to rouse him. Who then can stand up to me? Whoever confronts me, I will requite, for everything under the heavens is mine. I will not be silent concerning him or the praise of his martial exploits. Who can uncover his outer garment? Who can penetrate the folds of his jowls? Who can pry open the doors of his face? His bared teeth strike terror. His protective scales are his pride, locked with a binding seal. One scale touches the other. Not even a breath can enter between them. Each clings to each. They are interlocked, so they cannot be parted. His sneezes flash lightning, and his eyes are like the glimmerings of dawn. Firebrands stream from his mouth. Fiery sparks escape. Out of his nostrils comes smoke, as from a steaming, boiling cauldron. His breath ignites coals. Flames blaze from his mouth. Strength resides in his neck. Power leaps before him. The layers of his flesh stick together. He is as though cast hard. He does not totter. His heart is cast hard as a stone, hard as the nether millstone. Divine beings are in dread as he rears up. As he crashes down, they cringe. No sword that overtakes him can prevail, nor spear, nor missile, nor lance. He regards iron as straw, bronze as rotted wood. No arrow can put him to flight. Sling stones turn into stubble for him. Clubs are regarded as stubble. He scoffs at the quivering javelin. His underpart is jagged shards. It spreads a threshing sledge on the mud. He makes the depths seethe like a cauldron. He makes the sea boil like an ointment pot. His wake is a luminous path. He makes the deep seem white-haired. There is no one on land who can dominate him, made as he is without fear. He sees all that is haughty. He is king over all proud beasts. Job said in reply to Hashem, I know that you can do everything, that nothing you propose is impossible for you. Who is this who obscures counsel without knowledge? Indeed, I spoke without understanding of things beyond me which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask, and you will inform me. I had heard you with my ears, but now I see you with my eyes. Therefore I recant and relent, being but dust and ashes. After Hashem had spoken these words to Job, Hashem said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am incensed at you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant Job. Now take seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves, and let Job my servant pray for you. For to him I will show favor, and not treat you vilely, since you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant Job. 
Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite, went and did as Hashem had told them, and Hashem showed favor to Job. Hashem restored Job's fortunes when he prayed on behalf of his friends. And Hashem gave Job twice what he had before. All his brothers and sisters and all his former friends came to him and had a meal with him in his house. They consoled and comforted him for all the misfortune that Hashem had brought upon him. Each gave him one kasida and each one gold ring. Thus Hashem blessed the latter years of Job's life more than the former. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. The first he named Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hapuk. Nowhere in the land were women as beautiful as Job's daughters to be found. Their father gave them estates together with their brothers. Afterward, Job lived 140 years to see four generations of sons and grandsons. So Job died old and contented. Second Corinthians 5, 11-21 Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we, Paul and his co-workers, persuade men. But we are made manifest to God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again to you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Yeshua constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Yeshua after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Yeshua, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Psalm 45, 1-17 My heart is inditing a good matter. I speak of the things 
which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O Most Mighty, with your glory and your majesty. And in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness, and your right hand shall teach you terrible things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a right scepter. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. All your garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia, out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made you glad. King's daughters were among your honorable women. Upon your right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget also your own people and your father's house. So shall the king greatly desire your beauty, for he is your lord, and worship him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat your favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is wrought gold. She shall be brought to the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought to her. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of your fathers shall you shall be your children, whom you make princes in all the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise you forever and ever. Proverbs 22.14 The mouth of strange women is a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. I'd like to speak to you today from the concluding chapters of the book of Job, and then we're going to jump into Psalm 45. And I want to begin with Job chapter 40, verse 8, where it is written, Would you impugn my justice? Would you condemn me, that you might be right? This is God's reply to Job, after all of Job's conversation of wondering and questioning Why is he going through all this suffering? And so the Israel Bible commentary to this verse is very insightful. And this is what it says. The sages of the Talmud try to determine the time period in which Job lived. Although some opinions have him living during the period of the exodus from Egypt. Another suggests that he was among the Babylonian exiles who returned to the land of Israel after the destruction of the first temple. The identification of Job with the generation that experienced the destruction of the temple and exile from Israel is fitting. Throughout the book, Job struggles with the reality that he is suffering 
though seemingly righteous. He challenges God's justice, trying to make sense of the age-old question about why bad things happen to good people. Likewise, the Jews, at the time of the exile, also struggled to understand why they deserved to suffer as they did. Though the Jews sinned, and Job did not, his personal suffering is seen as emblematic of the suffering of the nation of Israel. In the next chapter, chapter 41, we see this massive leviathan creature that is described. He sounds like some kind of a fire-breathing dragon with tight scales that arm his outer skin. And in verse 11, it is written, chapter 41, verse 11, Firebrands stream from his mouth, fiery sparks escape. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This verse recalls the description of the revelation at Mount Sinai in which Hashem revealed himself with fire. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning. Job is echoing a theme repeated in this book by indicating that God's glory is defined not just by the fact that he created the world and continues to rule it absolutely, but also on account of the giving of the Torah. The Jewish people worship God not just because he created the world, but because he intervened directly on their behalf by giving them the Torah, because he is constantly involved in the day-to-day well-being of his people. Now in the final book, chapter, chapter 42, Job's concluding comment to the Lord after the Lord has given him this answer. Where were you when I set the foundations of the world? Where were you when I set the boundaries of the sea to say to the proud waves, go this far but no farther? All of God's reply. Job says in verse chapter 42, verse 6, Therefore I recant and relent, being but dust and ashes. Now verse 7 is very telling. God says these words to Job's friends. After Hashem had spoken these words to Job, Hashem said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am incensed at you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant. So in that debate, God took Job's side, and Job took so much pushback from his friends. And so now God is instructing Job to do something. Verse 8. Now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. And let Job, my servant, pray for you. For to him I will show favor and not treat you vilely, since you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant Job. So, here's a principle. While Job was debating the whole situation with his friends, they were not speaking the truth. They were twisting the truth. They were lying. And it was actually a tactic to break him down. That he would just break down. 
And right now, that is something that goes on in our world quite a bit. The media, the mainstream media, does not tell the truth. They don't shine the light and share the facts about what's going on with the coronavirus and with the vaccine, or shall I call it, experimental gene therapy jab. The truth is not being told. It's perverted. It's twisted. Out and out lies are being told. And what does that do? It breaks people down. And how do you want to control people? In the words of Goebbels, you don't need a certain political system. You can work within any political system. All you have to do is put fear on the people, and then you can control them. And what are people afraid of? They're afraid of dying. They're afraid of getting the virus and dying. And some people are dying. But in the overall total global population, the death rate is about 0.0001%. It's a very small number. So they use fear to control. And they use lies, propaganda lies, to control. Coming back to this verse, Job is upset with the friends, and he tells Job to pray for them, to make a sacrifice, and then to pray for them. So the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. By praying for his friends who have sinned, Job ultimately demonstrates compassion, thereby walking in the footsteps of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 20, Abraham's wife Sarah is taken by Abimelech, king of the Philistines, who thought she was Abraham's sister. After Abimelech is punished and Sarah is returned, Abraham prays for the Philistine king's return to good health and the amelioration of the punishment that Hashem had inflicted upon him. The inclination to be kind and forgiving is one of the reasons Abraham merited the land of Israel as a permanent inheritance for himself and his descendants. By emulating these traits of kindness and compassion, Job proves his righteousness, even in the face of his pain and suffering. That is a wonderful nugget to walk away with that even those who torment or persecute us, who lie and afflict us, we are to forgive them and be compassionate and even pray for them. Okay, the last portion of scripture I'd like to take a look at with you is from Psalm 45. And this is a royalty psalm. It's a wedding song. It's describing and depicting the love between the bride and her soon-to-be husband, the bridegroom. And it's a picture of this woman who has left her family and her people to become the bride of this king. And in verse 10 it says, Hearken, O daughter. And consider and incline your ear. Forget also your own people and your father's house. So shall the king greatly desire your beauty, for he is your Lord, and worship him. 
So this kind of goes back to Genesis, I think it's chapter 3, where it is written that um, for this reason shall a man and a woman leave their father and their mother and cleave to one another. There's a leaving and a cleaving. And I believe that what this is describing here in Psalm 45 is the bride of Yeshua, our Messiah. It's describing you and me, my friend, that we are his bride. We're in the engagement phase. We have not yet consummated the marriage. We are not dwelling together literally just yet, but that is coming. And so he's exhorting her to forget her people and her father's house. In other words, we are to forget what is behind and press on towards the goal for the high calling in Christ Jesus. And verse 13, the king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She is glorious within. Why? Because she's a woman in love. She is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she is a vessel of honor, and something of the glory of God dwells within her. Her face shines and radiates with that love for her betrothed. So meditate on this. Think about this. You are his chosen one. You are his bride. He will come for you and for me. There is a wedding coming. There is a wedding supper of the Lamb. And there is a table set with the greatest feast of all time. And there is a chair set aside for you at that table with your name on it. And that day is coming sooner than you might think. Shalom. Have a blessed day. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>